bet I'm having a better time than you are. Oh, yeah? Uh, do you think you could uh, teach me to do that? I don't know. Give me a little whistle. That's too little. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll tell you what you do. All you gotta do is follow me. Monday, Monday, happy days. Tuesday, Wednesday, happy days. Thursday, Friday, happy days. The weekend comes, my cycle hums. Sky hello blue, there's nothing can hold me when I hold you. So right, you can't be wrong. Rockin' and roll. We're a Happy Days podcast. I'm a Happy Days podcast. We're all a Happy Days podcast. My name is Dan, and I'm here to start discussing season four, 1976-1977. Sort of, I guess, the biggest year for Happy Days. What was it? Uh, I think I, I heard Henry Winkler say in an interview, like 56 percent or something like that of the TV viewing population in america was watching happy days around now so it's pretty big it's pretty exciting uh in in the, the i did a mini-sode i did i, I did a mini-sode i did a mini-sode that became a maxi-sode that became one of the longest episodes of the show i've done discussing crack magazine their love of the fonz in 1976 including fonzie for president bump and that one would kind of cover all the fonz mania and all the crazy leading up to the start of this season and I, I will talk about some of the um, pre-publicity uh, for this season. But in this episode, we are starting off the season. We are actually talking the first of, what did they do? One, two, three, four, five hour-long episodes. This is Fonzie Loves Pinky. The official title being Fonzie Loves Pinky, parts one and two. And it aired on September 21st, 1976. Written by Arthur Silver. Directed by Jerry Paris, of course. Uh, let me just tell you real quick, looking at the opening credits, the opening credits are very similar. Joni's out there doing some hula hooping when the record spins and right before the names come up, which is cool. And Joni also has like a little sort of ascot cravat scarf kind of thing on. So so it's funny, like it, it looks like a lot of the um, the uh, you know, Henry Winkler, Ron Howard, Marion Ross kind of things are, are more or less the same season for season-ish. Um, but Joni, they have to keep updating. Um, because she's clearly getting much older. When you see her in this, you know, where she's hula hooping, and you, you, yeah, you see her in the opening scene, and then when you see her um, during the demolition derby scene, our, our Joni's growing up very quickly. Uh, it, I don't know. I've said that before, but I also stand by the theory that I think at the end of the day, Happy Days. If you had to pick the characters, it was about it's about the Fonz and Joni, and Joni is still sneaking up on us here when the Fonz is obviously front and center, and we will talk about that some too. But this is, yeah, the first hour-long episode of the show. And when I say it's Fonzie, it's called Fonzie Loves Pinky Parts 1 and 2. If you watch this when it originally aired, I did not. I was very tiny. I don't think I would have watched this. It, w- it would have been simply Fonzie Loves Pinky. You know, there would have been no confusion of Parts 1 and 2. What are you, nuts? Simply because... This episode begins the, I don't know if three years is an annual tradition, but I guess it's an annual tradition of starting off seasons seasons four, five, and six begin with hour-long episodes that have cliffhangers that lead into half-hour episodes that resolve everything. And each of the hour-long episodes, the official names are parts one and two, and the half-hour is part three. 
even though if you saw them when they originally aired, they were only two parts. Why is that? Because when that's production code sort of thing. I always, I think the first place I noticed it was with um, uh, the X Files episode, The Truth. Where if you, when I got the ninth season DVD set back in, oh my goodness, two thousand three or four or something like that, the the truth is sort of you know they go on like the the I think it's like the twenty episodes of the the ninth season or something like that, and the kind of the truth is listed as sort of two episodes, but the truth aired as one episode. Why is it listed as two? Because if you're making an hour long show and you do a two hour episode production code wise and i would guess accounting wise and and employment wise that counts as two episodes so fonzie loves pinky this hour-long episode we're going to watch which doesn't actually say fonzie loves pinky in the beginning would have been considered for a, a show that was a half hour long would have been considered two two episodes by the production crew even if we saw it as one episode look at it this way too um if you watch, like, I don't know if Battlestar Galactica, the original, is still on Netflix, but the first time I watched Battlestar Galactica was on Netflix back in, like, 2013, and it's listed as 24 episodes. Now, I own the Blu-ray set, uh, the big one, like the 18-disc Blu-ray set of Battlestar Galactica, Galactica 1980, woohoo! And it still lists it as 24, but it's actually 21 episodes. There are, what is it, 19 hour long, one hour, two hour long, and one three hour long. But, yeah, so uh, the, like the three hour long, the saga of a Star World, is that it, is technically three episodes, even though we saw it as one. So, so that's why it's parts one and two of Fonzie Loves Pinky, if you just look at the title. Uh, I mean, I, I guess I could just call it Fonzie Loves Pinky Part One, because that's what people would have seen it as, but... But that's why it is. It's production code thing, purely. And then it becomes a syndication thing. Once it hits syndication, the hour-long episodes get split in half and becomes Fonzie Loves Pinky Part 1 and Fonzie Loves Pinky Part 2. So I talked far too long about that. But that saves me having to do that again in the next two seasons or in Season 9 or in Season 11. Is that right? I think that's right. So... Fonzie loves Pinky. Uh, here, here. Let, let me do this. I, there's only one episode to talk about. It is twice as long as the other episodes. I don't actually know that I'm going to talk for twice as long. Would you want to hear that? I don't know. But I do have some stuff to say. And I just, I just want you to hear this little blast of music. And then we'll be uh, here on the other side to talk this episode. <laughs> I'll start off doing the sort of dating of this uh, right off of the bat. To me, I mean, we're probably in in my heart. My heart, we're in like 1959. We're still in the 50s. I mean, that's still the way we're playing it. However, there is a scene where Potsy sings You're 16. You know, you're 16, you're beautiful, and you're mine. Which most folks, I think at that time, circa, circa September 76, would have known from Ringo Starr's version which which uh, was a single in late 73 
and hit number one um, from the album Ringo. Now, I don't own a lot of Ringo. I only own one Ringo album. That's Ringo. It's a really good album. It's it's uh, and I, I think if I remember correctly, aren't all four of the Beatles involved in it? It's sort of one of those things where they kind of all snuck like one of those things where like you realize like a movie or a TV show has had all, like all the pythons in it, but um, not quite working together. Yellowbeard, no, they're not all in that. Anyway, Your Sixteen was written by Robert Sherman and Richard Sherman, rockabilly uh, guy Johnny Burnett. You can imagine how it sounds. Um, uh, did the uh, original version of that, uh, which was um, released in late 1960 and hit number eight in the charts, the Billboard Hot 100 in December of 1960, which would imply that this is 1961 because if, if it hit the charts, if, if, it, if it was released in October of 1960 and was huge in December of 1960, this is clearly taking place in the middle of a it's hot. It's warm out. Look at it. I mean, when, when, during the demolition derby, it looks like they're like look, look at where they are. It looks like they're in in the in the middle of the mash unit, and you know, and and Howard is sort of sweating throughout it. So it's clearly warm out, and um, so it's clearly like spring or summer. I I don't I didn't catch a date on when exactly it happens, but this ain't winter in Milwaukee. So is this 1961? Have we hopped? We may have hopped ahead some time because obviously Joni is 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 getting older again. I use her as the sort of standard for time passing. Um, but uh, this can't, I don't think this is 1961. But how, what else could it be at this time period? Because the movie, the the because the song came out at the end of the yeah I don't know. So is this 1961? Maybe. For now, I can't say. Because that's kind of all we got, and Anson Williams is you know in the credits now from you know music by music performed by you know and it has all the the usual suspects from the previous seasons plus Anson Williams who who makes a big deal like when the Pinkettes come in and talk to him and Ralph Ralph is the funny guy and the, the one Pinkett says what is it uh, oh funny guys aren't romantic hey Pinkett sit on this all right. And uh, uh, Potsy says, "I'm a singer," and yeah, yeah, and he is, and he does "America the Beautiful" too. Uh, yeah, there. Um, I can't imagine this is 1961. Surely there would be some mention of it being the 60s. I mean, to me, this is still meant to be the late 50s, isn't it? This is not 1961. Things were changing and a moving and a grooving by this time. Well, maybe a little more time, but but still. Uh, and, and well, no, I was going to say Howard mentions Father Knows Best, which was still on the air at this time. So, anyway, that's the the dating of this. And uh, let me just give you. I, I I'm sorry, I forgot to give you the the plot breakdown. I don't know that you all need a plot breakdown. But it's basically the Leopard Lodge for some reason is throwing uh, like a demolition derby. And the guest star is going to be Pinky Tuscadero, who we heard about in the previous season, who Fonzie knows and implied that he may have had a little something with Pinky. And she's kind of like a big, um, important uh, uh, motorcycle, stunt motorcycle rider um, who, uh, you know, everybody, you know, loves. And she's going to be there. And Richie is uh, gets himself the job as the radio um well, he's on TV. I guess there's a TV camera there at the one point, but he's like the um, the commentator on everything, and uh, which which is the way they keep Ron Howard in the episode. Um, and 
and Pots, uh, uh, Fonzie's going to be in the uh, Nookie Newman. Is that did I make that name up? Is 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 his demolition derby partner? But Nookie gets hurt, and there's a long stretch where Pinky and Pinky wants to be. Well, Pinky shows up, and Pinky is played by Roz Kelly. And we'll talk about her in the next episode when we talk about part three. Um, but if you know Roz Kelly, I know Roz Kelly mainly from this, the Paul Lind Halloween special, and New Year's Evil. And um, you know, and and she's you know she's she's hot and and she's in pink and she looks great in her little shorts and um, her and the Fonz get a thing going. They have a romantic montage for heaven's sake. And the Fonzie doesn't want her in the demolition derby. He says he he he, he says it's because uh, she's a woman. I I think that's partially right. I also think he doesn't want to see her get hurt. And actually, he's kind of right there. We'll talk about that later. But the, the their nemeses in this are the Malachi brothers. The Malachi brothers are played by the great Michael Pataki. You know him from everything. He seems to be channeling a bit his character from um, Gustrichnosis's Gustrichnos the Side Hackers. Five the hard way is that the other name of it? I'm thinking of three the hard way now. But you know, you know, if you know um, MST, one of the very early episodes in season two, one of the very early episodes with. Kevin Murphy's Tom Servo and TV's Frank was the side hack. Side hacking is the thing to do, and it doesn't hurt to have a low IQ. And that's and and Michael Pataki plays kind of a jerk in that, who's kind of a bit arch, and that's the way he is here. And the other um, uh, the other uh, character Rocco is um, played by Ken Lerner. Ken Lerner's already been in this show twice. Uh, Richie fights back and finds the Flatfoot. He was one of the sort of the thugs in Richie fights back. Who um, uh, Jeff Conaway was the other. You 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 know him when you see him. I just, I looked him up on IMDb. He has been in everything. Mrs. Columbo, for heaven's sake, he was in any which way you can. He's still in stuff. He's still doing stuff. So you'll know him when you see him. And the Malachi brothers have are, are notorious cheaters, and they have this thing called the Malachi Crunch, where basically they like smash it like one of one of the cars in the demolition derby stalled or something like that. They kind of back up and go forward into it and smash it and crunch it is what they do. That's their thing. And they seem to be known cheaters, but because it's a demolition derby, no one seems to care. And eventually, after much um, arguing and back and forth with possibly Pinky's going to join the Malachi brothers, the Fon says, okay, you can drive with me, and they go into the derby. And there's some there's some chaos with um, the Malachi brothers kind of smashing up Pinky's engine, but the Fonz fixes it, and the last like, 10, 12 minutes of the episode is just on-location demolition derby stuff. And um, it's pretty big. I mean, like I said, there's a romantic montage. There's demolition derby stuff. And it's all pretty big. In the history of the show, I would say the most important thing that happens here is that we meet Al Del Vecchio. Al buys Arnold's from Arnold. And Al will be a major part of the show for the next four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, six seasons. I was doing four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, as in six, four through nine. The next six seasons, and will be one of the stars of Joni Loves Chachi, and Al will become a super um, 
beloved character, at least in my eyes. So so he's kind of the most important part of the show for me whenever he shows just in the same way that you see like um the moments with Joni when you can see that she's growing up and like when they're the Cunninghams and Joni are having having dinner with Pinky after after uh, Potsy sings uh, you're sixteen and, and um Pinky stands up and she's got like a kind of thing she does with her hands and she gets up and says see you later kind of thing and Joni stands up looking lovely in in um uh in her dress and kind of says see you later guys and she does the same thing and, and Mr. And Mrs. here like Joni and she's like, oh I'm sorry and so but you could see that because that will um geez I, I forget if it's this season or the next one but yeah when Leather shows up and we'll talk about it here later there is a big episode with Joni possibly leaving and going to sing with leather and such which is um bitchin is the way i would describe it so uh yeah that that's the, that's the basic layout for this episode it all builds up to a demolition derby and a big cliffhanger and um so let's 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 talk about some of the episode there is a inter there's an interview with ron howard i think like the academy of of television arts and sciences or something like that um uh, was um, talking to him about the popularity of Fonzie. And I don't know in the interview if he's specifically speaking about this period, but this probably would have been when this happened. But apparently he said this was, this was around the time when Ron Howard began to start directing and, you know, eat my dust and, you know, stuff. And he was going to begin to um, uh, uh, put together his oeuvre of, of directing. And and he was interested in in that. That's where he sort of wanted to go. And apparently, around this time, the uh, the network came to the, the network exec sat him down and said, "Ronnie, little Ronnie, little Ronnie Howard." Um, and he was already balding at that time, so he was like, "Knock it off." And uh, they said to him, um, "You know, the show, you know, the show almost was lost in the second season, but now after this third season, it's it's it, we're super popular again. Things are taken off." And and the Fonz obviously is the breakout character, and and Ron Howard in the interview he says, yeah, he understood what was happening, he understood how popular Henry Winkler's that character was becoming. We want to call the show Fonzie's Happy Days. Now that's an idiotic idea. You you, you know that from the the moment I said it. You you can see it in your mind, can't you? You can see the Happy Days sort of title on screen, and then like a little Fonzie's like up. At a, at a tilt diagonally, you know, sort of up above the H over on the left-hand corner, top left-hand corner of the screen, and you know it's dumb. Happy Days Again, when it went to syndication, was kind of iffy enough as it was, as it were, and, but Fonzie's Happy Days, and, and Ron Howard's response was, well, if you're going to do that, I'm going to take off. I'm going to go back to film school. I'm good. And this was when you could go to film school and it wasn't something that you were mocked for. It wasn't like, oh, he went to film school, she went to film school. You can learn everything you need to learn out. You know, this crap that they do nowadays. I'm remembering that many uh, you know, popular <laughs> filmmakers did go to film school. So but but he said, I'm gonna go back to film school and I'm gonna I'm gonna I wanna get into directing. And they I guess they offered him some episodes of the show and he said, What with Jerry Paris directing? I'm gonna direct some episodes of the show, get out of here. And he said, you know, I understand that 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 Fonz these characters taking over but but i was brought on to the show that it was going to be about this this young man richie cunningham and what he got up to in the late 50s sort of thing and so he said no i'm not going to be part of it and gary marshall heard that and said okay we're not doing that we're just going to keep calling it happy days 
And my favorite part of that interview actually is right after that where Ron Howard kind of pauses and he says something like, you know, and I went back to the show, you know, I did the show for what? He did it for another four years up until the end of season seven. And I love, he, he says something, I, 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 I don't, this, don't quote me on this, but he more or less says something like, but you know what? The whole time I was there, I never quite got the tone of that show. I understood that it was very popular and people really loved it, but I never quite understood why. <laughs> and that's, that's kind of the fun of me doing this podcast is like, there are episodes of this show that stink to high heaven. There are episodes of this show that are okay. There are episodes of this show that are very good. There are episodes of this show, Guess Who's Coming to Christmas, for example, that I think are brilliant examples of television, American television from that time, the best. And the show goes all over the place. I mean, it, it, we're gonna hit, we're gonna go into the toilet, and we're gonna rise up high. And it, you know, it, it's it's funny. I was I was thinking like, as much as I love Happy Days, if I wanted to really pick a show that I thought was absolutely astounding, if I wanted to pick an American sitcom, I would pick I would pick Green Acres. To be honest, I know what you're. If you don't know Green Acres, you're thinking Jejun. But if you know it. You'd be like, yeah, that would be interesting to do. You know, I would, I would pick Green Acres. I would pick, I would pick if it wasn't a sitcom. I'd, I'd, I'd do Doctor Who. But do we need another straight white guy talking about Doctor Who? Probably not. Do I still want to do that? You bet your mama's bottom, your mama's big fat bottom. I do. Um, maybe one day I will. I'd love to do a um. An episode by episode Doctor Who, you know, like um, like they um, like Rob Sherman and Toby Haydock are doing a run through quarters. I'd love to just start with an unearthly child and just work my way through. You know, right now it'd be to the Timeless Children, and that's like eight hundred episodes, and there's no way I'd get there anytime soon. But I would love to go episode by episode, do like one a week, just me like talking for fifteen twenty minutes about the episode. I would love to do that. And so, to me, the the joy of Happy Days is the show I grew up with. It's a show I didn't watch for decades. And then, like I've said before, it's a show I got back into maybe six or seven years ago, and I just adore. And does some of it stink? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah, it does. Um, is some of it brilliant? Yes, yes. And and some some of that some of that brilliance is like Guess Who's Coming to Christmas is a really well written episode. And I think can sort of stand on its own. I think you can sort of see the characters on its own. But some of the later brilliant episodes um, will be will be one of will be those things where um, you uh, I don't know how to describe it. Where if if I showed someone one of those episodes, they wouldn't get the same emotional pull out of it that I did. For example, season eleven, the two parter where, where Richie returns, Richie and Ralph return. Spoiler they leave um rich and ralph return and that is especially the end of the second part of that is extremely emotional it always brings me a tear to my eye but if you've never seen the show then you'd probably just sit there looking at it going okay whatever but you might be able to empathize with what's going on yeah it's it's weird with happy days because happy days i i would not call happy days I would not put the Happy Days in my top 10 favorite TV shows of all time, maybe even not in my top 20, but it's a show that brings me much joy, and that's why we're talking about it. That's why we're working through every single episode like this, and that's why I'm going to tell you my feelings on Fonzie Loves Pinky, which I think, to me, is I feel like they sent the executive, Sad Arthur Silver, down and said, 
Arthur, this season, Happy Days is changing. It's going to be called Fonzie's Happy Days. Now, we haven't really talked too much uh, with Gary Marshall about it. We haven't, say, like, told Ron Howard. But we want you to go away, and you need to write an hour-long episode because we're going to do a very special opening hour-long episode. And we want to give the Fonz a girlfriend. And we want to introduce this whole new world, of the, like the Fonz's world. And that's what, that's what we want going on here. And so that's what you need to write. So Arthur Silver said, yes, boss. And he went away and he wrote the episode and he came back and they were like, thank you so much, Arthur. And then I think it's Joe Glauberg wrote the second part of this or the third part of this. And he kind of, if I remember correctly, kind of brings it all back to happy days because this episode to me, apart from the opening five or six minutes where the Cunninghams are all kind of hanging out and Mr. C is talking about the... Um, the demolition derby and it's kind of like the before pinky appears it's a lot of um sort of reminding everyone uh, everyone does a little bit of show-stopping moment a little a little gag here and there a little this and like okay this character does this this character does that boom 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 boom. then pinky appears and suddenly becomes a completely different show until the end apart from ralph who i think if there was a fonzie spin-off think of this as as a as a this episode and I'll have to come back to you about the next one. But think of this hour-long episode as the spinoff, as the backdoor pilot for a Fonzie spinoff. Um, Henry Winkler said no to that very early on. So that wasn't going to happen. But think of this as an hour-long spinoff, uh, um, hour-long backdoor pilot for, for uh, the Fonzie spinoff. With Pinky being one of the main characters and the Pinkettes. And the Malachi brothers being sort of um, uh, returning nemeses. And I think Ralph being the character who gets carried over into this Fonzie show and just doing wacky stuff here and there. And because if you look at it, like Potsy and, and Richie and Joni and Mr. And Mrs. C are all in the background. Richie, they kind of keep Richie in the background, the, the foreground by having him there, like on the, the TV crew during all the um, Malachi brother stuff in the, in Arnold's, Richie's always in the background, has a few funny moments, but he doesn't do much. And during the last 12 minutes, regardless of what's happening on screen, Richie's almost always talking. That doesn't make Richie sort of a character in it. It just makes him someone who's always talking in it. So to me, this episode is, if the Fonz had a spinoff, that would be this episode. This would be the premiere of it. And... Um, my thoughts on it are that Ron Howard saying no to Fonzie's Happy Days and Henry Winkler saying no to a Fonzie spinoff were the best choices the show made because I think the, the, the episode has some laughs in it, certainly, I think. And I, the opening scenes that kind of set everything up before uh, Pinky arrives... I think are a little sort of overwrought and overdone with the comedy. Everyone's just pitching it a little too high. Now, granted, if 50 per- 56 or 55 or whatever is percent of the TV viewing audience is watching them, I can understand that. You're going to pitch it a little high. You're going to give right off the bat. You're going to give everyone exactly what they expect in the season premiere, and then you're going to spin it off a bit. You're going, you're, they're going in a slightly different direction with it um and during the scene where 
Fonzie and Pinky are going to drive together and they're dancing cheek to cheek in Arnold's. Why is there a couple who look like they're in their mid to late 50s dancing in the background? That's just an observation. As an episode of Happy Days, this one doesn't do a whole, pardon my French, hell of a lot for me. Um, when the Fonz is with Pinky... He the, the the way the Fonz acts with Pinky. If you, I I don't know if if you all had something like this happen, um, and this might be a generational thing, or this might just be the crap I went through. But like in high school, you'd have this, and occasionally you, you, I get this in college too, and I guess in sort of real life as it were. But like specifically, like in high school, I remember you'd like have like say a bunch of friends I would hang out with, so like Eric, Matt, and Jason, Nick. I would hang out. We'd hang out. We'd just be together all the time, hanging out. And then one of us would get a girlfriend. And suddenly it would be like, where's Nick been? Oh, he's hanging out with Stephanie. Oh, how are they doing? Oh, they're great. And then when we see Stephanie and Nick together, Nick wouldn't quite be the same as we remembered him. He'd be a little different. He'd be acting a little different. And the moment they broke up, Nick would be right back and everything would be exactly the same, but sort of like, when you get in sort of the relationship, and especially when it's just starting, you're, I mean, you know, if you're in a, regardless of who you are and who you love, who do you love? Don't, 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 regardless of who, who you love, who, what goes on, you know, the, um, you, you, when you, when you get it going, when you get it moving, when you get it grooving, um, you know, you're, especially, especially then in like, like high school age, um, college age, um, I at least for me, like you, you kind of get lost in that. You know, you've got someone who wants to know all about you, and you've got someone who is has never heard your stories, has never heard your jokes, and who just you want to spend all this time with, and who, yes, will give you a little bit of the if you if you so desire, and and so so there's there's something there that um you can you, you know you can't quite get with your fr- friends obviously or maybe you could i don't know i my friends and i weren't weren't didn't do that but but that sort of thing so so you get that point where it's like i mean i i remember having like a very good friend who early on in in our senior year of high school you know he was a very good friend of mine throughout high school but then for about four months in the senior year of high school i rarely saw him because he went out with a gal who had a different group of friends and she didn't particularly like us and we just never saw him and 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 then when they broke up yeah we saw him again it was great to hang out with him again but that's the kind of thing that happens and and he sort of did change whenever we saw him and that's kind of like what the Fonz is like in here when he's with Pinky, he's, I guess they're great, but they just get on my nerves. He's not the friend. He's not the Fonz I've grown to love over the last three seasons. Especially look at the way he looks at Pinky when she, she walks up. Oh, she does look good. But but just some of the scenes where they're together and some of the way they, and like the the histrionics during that scene where, um, you know, um, Lone Ranger and Tonto and, you know, uh, da, 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 you know, all the, all the, the guy groups that have been together. And, and well, what about Roy Rogers and Dale Evans? Singers, you're giving me singers. And, and like Henry Winkler, I think that's like the first time I think Henry Winkler overacts in it and just goes too much in it. And, and that's kind of how they're selling the show right at this moment is that this is going to be the show. It's going to be the Fonz with Pinky, and the Malachis might be our leads, and everyone else is kind of secondary. 
the problem is that I no longer like the Fonz throughout much of this episode. I like him okay in the beginning. He's overselling it, but I like him. But the moment he gets together with Pinky, I'm not isn't I'm not interested. The, it's it's like Pinky is a lot like the Fonz, but she's not funny. The Fonz was funny when he was at his best. He was funny. That's part of the Fonz. You know, the Fonz is just, he's this guy who's doing his own thing, but he's also part of, become part of this middle-class family, and his amusement and joy of being part of it is funny. Pinky, you know, isn't going to do that because she has this thing going around the country motor, doing her motorcycle stunts. And so there's a very different sort of thing here, and you lose, I think you lose the Fonz in this. And if this was the way they were planning on pitching Fonzie's Happy Days or a Fonz spinoff, this ain't the Fonz, this has got it wrong. Um, I want to say Flo and the spinoff Flo from Alice, they sort of do the same thing with her character, like they get it wrong. But I, I haven't actually seen an episode of Flo in two or three years, so I can't say that for certain. But it's just... Um, it, it it doesn't feel right, and, and the episode doesn't. To me, the episode doesn't flow. Uh, here's the thing: we'll, we'll do. We'll, why isn't the episode flow? I, I think part of it is that Pinky shows up. We've only heard about her once before, but he shows up. The Fonz immediately is in love with her, and they have this romantic montage. And suddenly, they're just like, "Yeah, so close." And it's too early. It's too soon. There's no build up to it. It just happens. Now we had heard about Pinky previously, and it's been implied that they had gone out before. The thing, so so, it, what actually comes down to is a difference between watching it when it originally aired in the context of September 76 and watching it now or watching it in syndication. Why do I say that? I don't know. I'm kidding. No, I have a reason for saying that. I don't have a timeline. I don't have a timeline exactly. Leading up to this episode, there were commercials promoting Roz Kelly as Pinky Tuscadero. And again, we'll talk about Roz in, in the next episode. Roz Kelly's Pinky Tuscadero as the Fonz's girlfriend. And that's how it was pitched, that when this season began, it would be an hour-long episode, and we would meet the Fonz's girlfriend. So when the episode begins, if you were, wa- if you were watching television leading up to this, this would have been all set up. So when she arrived, you would have been like, okay, I just watched two weeks of commercials, or however long commercials the Fonz's girlfriend here she is so when it happened so quickly it would have worked fine and the, but the problem is like they get together so so quickly and then they're immediately arguing and then this arguing takes up like the first half of the uh, uh, large like half of the first half of the episode and it's it's frankly monotonous and and you know that she is going to be his part I mean even if you don't know you know that she is going to be his demolition derby partner and it's not going to be Ralph and so it ends up just feeling like it, it, it ends up feeling like Arthur Silver wrote an episode and well maybe he wrote a half hour episode and then the network said make it an hour and he said well I've already written it make it an hour so he puts in this stuff that I mean and, and the thing about the stuff that stretches it out is it brings in the Malachi brothers and you get to see them and you get to see them kind of coming in like yeah we'll we'll drive with you Pinky and you can see Fonz get really angry and um, it, it sets up their rivalry but um, the Malachi brothers aren't terribly interesting and I love Roz Kelly in New Year's Evil, and she does her best in, in Paul Lynn's Halloween special, but I just really don't like Pinky that much. She's like, well, maybe this could be me. She's kind of like the Fonz at the, in season one. 
when the Fonz was sort of like he was a little it was a little tough to gauge exactly what was going on with the Fonz and we don't really know him and he's a bit abrasive and that's the way Pinky is in this episode presumably she would have become a more interesting character as it went along but in this she's yeah she's like the Fonz in the first season but here she's being pictured as the main character was the Fonz in the first season was rarely a main character and and by the time the Fonz became a main character, we knew we loved the Fonz. And so so here they're trying to pitch us sort of a female Fonz, but it's to me it's not working. And it it doesn't and if you know the way the show goes after this, you know that any strength you put into trying to make it work is possibly not worth the time. Because here they're setting up the Fonz with those commercials and stuff. In this episode, they're setting up the Fonz as, is this going to be his girlfriend? They do this another time in the show. Season 10. People were still watching in season 10. Don't think people, you know. The show, I don't know if the show was top 20 anymore in season 10. I believe it was in season 9. It was in season 9, I believe, like 17 or something like that. I think season 10 is when it kind of dropped out of the top 20. But being in the top 30 in the early 80s still means a lot of people are watching you. And there is there is another attempt to give the Fonz a more long-standing relationship. It is going to be a long, long time before we get to season 10, although... That is when the second season of Joni Love Chachi aired. And if you go to my podcast, Eventually Super Train, episodes 5 through 18, you will hear the great Amanda Reyes and I discuss every single one of those episodes. It'll be a long time we get to season 10, but the difference between the way they handle tr- handle a long-term relationship with the Fonz in this season and season 10 is sort of the difference between the way they set up the world for... In, in the 1996 Doctor Who TV movie, the way they set up the 8th Doctor, as opposed to the way in 2005, Russell T. Davies set up the ninth Doctor. They're very much sort of like, it's very much like that. Um, and if you don't know what I mean, I can go into detail, but I'm not really going to. But if, if, if you know Doctor Who, I think like, if you know those two things and the way they sort of introduce new audiences to the character, yeah, you'll see. Um... Yes, um, you know, like I said, Pinky is 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 hot. You know, I, I love a redhead. You know, and and she's 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 gorgeous in it. And the Fonz and her um, had the potential to be really cute together. And um, but is that what we wanted? I guess. And the Malachi brothers have there's some element of. Um, danger to them because the Malachi brothers are one of those like they cheat and you know we see them the the end of part one in syndication is is the Michael Pataki's Malachi brother like smashing up the engine of of Pinky's car you know it's like everyone knows that they did it and yet you know the fun's like no don't call off the race we'll be there and it's it ends up being um it, it ends up being a kind of weird thing where um they have to delay the race for a long period of time and the Fonz doesn't want to postpone even though the Malachi brothers have done this awful thing and and they have to delay Mr. and Mrs. C have to delay and Mr. C is sweating and Mrs. C is not getting her gentlemen start your junk or I forget what she said which is funny and the Malachi brothers are getting angry and then they go off on the the, the demolition derby I let me 
Look, I, I think I, I think I've said enough about my, my my thoughts about this episode. There's a lot going on in it, but at the same time, there's kind of not a lot going on in it, which is why th- th- this is an episode that, from a distance, I this is one of my favorites. But when I actually watch it, it kind of gets on my nerves a bit because it isn't Happy Days. It is Fonzie's Happy Days or the the backdoor pilot for the Fonzie show. And if 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 this is this show, I don't like it. Um, yeah, I mentioned Green Acres earlier. Green Acres ends the last two episodes of Green Acres that were broadcast. Um, and read my book about the Henningverse when it comes out. Fingers crossed soon. Um, but but the Green Anchors ended with two backdoor pilots in a row, and they both kind of stink. And and they both are shows where you watch them going, well, how why would I have continued to watch this show? And this show is like they it feels like they get whatever it is that made Happy Days in its first three seasons so great. They sent Arthur Silver out to do the Fonz version of it, and he does his best. And I know it got huge ratings. And I know it's kind of iconic. But it's not great. And it's not happy days. So let's just end with the Demolition Derby here. And then and then um, I didn't mean to talk for so long about one episode. But it is an hour-long episode. But still, I've been yakking. We get all the Demolition Derby. So the Demolition Derby is about the last 11-12 minutes of it. As I said, Richie is constantly talking and talking. We're on a location somewhere on the... Um, and I, I don't know exactly where this is. I mean, this is, it's obviously it's somewhere in L.A. because you recognize the hills in the background. You know that, like, right over that hill, they're shooting mash or something like that. And, and so they're in sort of like a valley. I, that, and one of the studios, Universal, probably not Paramount, that, 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 but Universal or like Stevenson Ranch, somewhere like that. They've just got this huge space set up. And it is fun to see this expansive thing i mean it's it's not the sort of thing we've seen in the in the previous season really i mean yeah we saw the fonz jump the um the junk in 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 the daredevil episode but um this is nice and big and expansive and big crowds and just looks like a fun like maybe like a three-day shoot or something like that kind of fun for a sitcom this is pretty especially a sitcom in in the 70s this is pretty expansive which is great to see which means the network was putting some money behind it which means people enjoyed it which is why they were doing it the actual scene itself like jerry paris Jerry Paris is not the best at keeping the edges of frames or the tops of frames out of shots. Look, look at the scene where Mr. C is explaining the Leopard Lodge demolition derby thing, and look at how dark the top like corners are. Like, wow, that's like when 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 I'm in a room and we've got a light on, it lights up, you know, into the corner of the room, top corner of the room. But in this, like, it's like black up there why is it pitch black because that's the edge of the set um and jerry paris i mean he obviously he did police academy uh two and three uh two ends with it two has some action stuff in it some of it awkward i, I would say specifically that scene where they storm into the um sweet chucks like lamp store or whatever the heck that is which is a really oddly really oddly edited scene um, but that's the one that has the fight in the old zoo, not the new zoo, the old zoo. Not the, and then the third one is the one that has the chase on the jet skis, I believe. Right? Yes, that's jet ski chase. And um, Jerry Paris' action isn't fully his thing. 
um, he gets the comedy right, and he's got that nailed down. And so I love Police Academy 2 and 3, so I can't say enough good things about them. But the Demolition Derby is basically 10 minutes of random shots of cars driving around in circles, many of them far too sort of close up in there smashing into it. You, you never really get, apart from the Malachis and, and the Fonz of Pinky, which I guess is are the ones you're supposed to see, but you never really get a good sense of what's going on until something needs to happen. And an action scene needs to be better than that. This, this is an action scene. This is a demolition derby. This is an action scene. It needs to be better than that. And this is kind of a confusing... This feels like they spent like two days or maybe just a day with like four or five cameras shooting this demolition derby, basically. And then they just handed all of it to the editor and said, put it together. And then they had him an extra reel that was footage of all the main actors like sitting in like fake cars, kind of bouncing around, saying things. Uh, oh, add this, and then they throw in some other bits here and there, like Arnold with his like food truck, and and the Arnold just has some great bits in this. Uh, I'm sorry, Al. Jeez, I've been saying to Arnold, it's it's Al Del Vecchio is with us now. Sorry. Um. Jeez, I I kind of miss Arnold, but I love Al. So, um. But but there's some. There are some great moments with Al um, at his food truck, and but but it's it literally is just like ten minutes of sort of haphazardly shot demolition derby footage with Richie kind of is is commentary fills in gaps where things don't fully make sense, and then it all kind of goes and goes until the ending, and then the ending is like we're told early on. Well, as long as no one gets out of their car, they'll be safe. Pinky's car is stalled. She's getting out of her car. And then instantly she gets, the car, car gets hit and she falls down. It doesn't, so you see, you see Pinky, he's on, she's on the hood of her car. And all of a sudden, um, uh, is it Rocco, um, the non-Michael Pataki, Malachi, Palachi, Malachi hits her, her front end of her car. And she kind of falls forward onto his front end and then hits the ground. She doesn't drop, a ton of feet she just kind of drops and the way the stunt is done it looks slightly dangerous and if she if she hit it just right yeah it would have been bad but it's it's weird because it doesn't look as it's it, okay I'll, I'll say this she hits the ground and she's like zonked for a moment the ambulance pulls up the Fonz is like pinky are you okay are you okay and she's like i'm fine i'm fine and i thought well of course she's fine she just she she was on the hood of one car that got hit she didn't get hit but the momentum dropped her onto another hood and she, she fell i don't know she fell four feet to the ground to the sand I would think she'd be fine. It doesn't look. It, it, it's a weirdly shot scene where I don't think she'd be that hurt. But it's Pinky, and she's delicate. That's why we love her. But then she does. Here's the thing: if she does motorcycle stunts, how on earth does she do motorcycle stunts? If if getting knocked off the hood of a car onto the ground poof, puts her out. I don't think it does put her out. I think she's fine. She's just a little dazed, and the Fonz goes overboard and at the end of the episode. Like, the Fonz, I've never seen him look so determined. He's going to, this is for you, Pinky, and he's got her scarf, and it's, um, they're really selling the ending. 
but the way they shot the ending doesn't sell the ending unfortunately but we're gonna go into the episode and it's gonna be fun because it's the Fonz solo against these two jerks and I, I think at the end of the day I, I think was the Fonz being horribly sexist possibly I also think he didn't want his love to be involved in demolition derby because this might happen I would think, I know me, I would rather have that happen to me than the woman I love. I understand where the Fonz is coming from. I think also that um, the episode would have benefited maybe from the cliffhanger being like, maybe she's about to get hit by the car, or maybe you see her get thrown from the car, and then it looks really dangerous, like get a stunt woman, just really go for it. You know, like, uh, was it like Looker, the, the stunt woman, like falling and hitting the car, exploding all over the place kind of thing? Just have a stunt woman really go for it, then to be continued. But as it is, like, you see Pinky and she seems like she's okay. They just have to just monitor for a bit. And the Fonz is angry, but they cut to, is it Rocco saying, oh, I didn't think she'd be on the, I didn't think she'd be on the car. Like, Rocco's like, what the F is she doing on the car? So it's kind of a weird sequence because I think it's fun to see. You don't see usually in 1970 sitcoms, you don't see the last quarter of an episode being a demolition derby. You see some stuff in MASH, obviously, but you don't see that with most of them. And it has the cliffhanger, which is awesome, but it's all slightly off. And it's not great, unfortunately. Now, I say this with hindsight. I'm fairly certain if I watch this as a kid, I was a very little kid, I mean a very little kid when this aired, so I don't think I would have watched it. But if I were a kid, this would have been the best thing ever. As a douchebag with a microphone, audacity, and a podcast, and I don't mean audacity like I have the audacity to do a podcast. No, the program audacity and the audacity to do the podcast. But as some douche who who is just kind of sitting here doing this, I don't think it's a great episode. Um, I think, like I said, I'll wrap it up. I think it feels like it is portending something that didn't happen. And so it ends up just feeling weird. I have not watched Fonzie Loves Pinky Part 3, the, the half-hour conclusion of this, in three years or so. I remember what happens, but I don't remember fully how it happens. So I am interested to see whether or not I watch this and think, oh, this is like a continuation that still went wrong, or this is sort of like damage control. Uh, we will talk about the damage control in the next episode. I won't talk about that here because I've talked already too much about one episode of Happy Days, which is not a favorite, but historically very important. And because, like I said, I think this is the attempt to... Folks said that Fonz took over Happy Days at a certain point. No, no. The show is ensemble. I think the show is ensemble. Are there Fonz-heavy episodes? Yep. Are those kind of episodes that folks remember? Possibly. But we'll see as we go through this season that there are lots of folks getting moments to shine. Heck, I forgot to mention, this is the first episode where Joni mentions Jenny Piccolo. I mean, in the long run, in the long run of the show, does that make any sense? In the long arm of the show, having Al and appear for the first time, and Jenny Piccolo mentioned, uh, 
is more important to the show than anything that actually happens in this episode of the show. I'm going to leave it at that. I don't I don't mean to be negative um, because I just love that they did this. I love so much that like this was the season where the show was number one. So this episode was watched by so many people and I bet they had a hell of a good time. I just don't think it's a great episode. I, I think it is. I don't think it's a great episode of Happy Days. If there was a Fonzie spinoff where this became Fonzie Happy Days, this might be the the gold standard. This might be the the Rose, or this might be, or this might be the Laredo or the Barnaby Jones of this show. But it's not. It's kind of it's kind of a weird one-off. Unless the next one is a second off, but it's kind of a weird one-off. Which is fascinating within the history of the show. I, I again, I don't mean to, you know, I denigrate the show only in, 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 because I'm a douche. Arthur Silver wrote a fun episode of television, a fun episode of television that just feels a little weird. Yeah, so I, I'm just going to wrap this up. I've been yakking, yakking a lot about this one, and well, it's the first episode of the season, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, are we in 1961? Is it the show going to become more of the Fonzie's Fonzie's Happy Days? After this, what's going to happen? Let's find out in the next one. So, so what are we doing in the next one? The next episode is going to be we're going to do Fonzie Loves Pinky Part Three, which we would have seen in Part Two, September twenty eighth, nineteen seventy six, and then a mind of their own. There are a lot of Fonzie related episodes in this one. Yeah, there are. No, not all. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. No, but as we go, okay. Oh, interesting. Okay. Joni's Weird Boy. That's the big time Malfs. Yeah, interesting. It's going to be an interesting season because there's a... Well, we had a lot of Fonzie-related episodes in the last one, but the thing about the last season was that the the rest of the cast had stuff to do. This one, the rest of the cast really doesn't have much to do, apart from Richie kind of vaguely overseeing it and Ralph possibly being a, like a, the crossover character. So, yeah, so it's Fonzie Loves Pinky Part 3 and a mind of their own. All right, so that's me closing up Happy Days Season 4 on DVD. All right, so that is Season 4, Episode 1 of Rockin' All Week with You, a Happy Days podcast. This is Episode, what? what is this? This is Episode 33? Oh, geez, I didn't even look. Season 4, Episode 1. Uh, come back and see us again soon, folks. We'll be back in a few weeks with the next one, and we will see... We will see what's up with the show. We will see where it's going next. Hey, uh, I've been watching you, Pinky. Oh, yeah, I've been watching you watching me talk, Paul. I bet I'm having a better time than you are. Oh, uh, yeah? Uh, do you think you could uh, teach me to do that? I don't know. Give me a little whistle. <laughs> All right, I'll tell you what you do. All you gotta do is follow me everywhere. Shake it up, shake it down, move it in, move it round, just go play, Move it in, move it out, move it in and about, just go Shake it up, shake it down, move it in, move it round, just go baby. 
Move it in, move it out, move it in and about Disco baby Shake it baby, shake it Baby shake it, shake it Shake it baby, 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 shake